0: What we do here is go back, 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 back. And welcome in to episode eight of the two and a half marks market down series. Uh, I am your host, David Statman. Welcome, to my good friend Angelo and Lisa, as we are watching a bunch of random shit. And last week, uh, on our, on our. Uh, Market down seven. We watched one of my favorite matches of all time. A 12 minute long explosion of violence between New Japan legends Katsura Shibata and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, We wanted to follow that up with another match that is really violent, but in a completely different way, a much stupider way. Uh, This was an Angelo pick. Angelo, you wanted, for whatever reason, to watch some of the really ignorant ass shit. (laughs) used to do before he was famous and had money. And so we're going to be watching John Moxley versus Brain Damage. Really a, a very apt uh, re- uh, ring name. Uh, in a tables, chairs, and silverware death match at the CZW Tournament of Death 8 yep. in 2009. This was all you. You wanted to see... Just like, hey, I know you're a big Moxley guy. Who isn't? Uh, you wanted to see just what was Jon Moxley up to before he got signed to WWE and became a famous guy? Well, here it is. This is shit he was doing.
1: It is incredible that that man is alive because holy shit, this match is... Uh, he talks about unscripted violence. This is unscripted violence personified. It's just... Man, I hate the fact that I enjoyed it as much as I did, partially because it was John Moxley, partially because I do love the fact like the cartoony concept of hitting everybody with a literal kitchen sink, uh, which is more or less what this match is. Uh, I chose this one because he talks about this in his book, Mox. Uh, this is like one of the first matches he cites as like, hey, this was where it really where I got the crowd to buy into me as an act. And it really did kind of like set up a lot of his career, if you think about it. Um, Because he does get a shit ton of heat. Um, It really did kind of feel like he won and established himself as a player for CZW. And then it also uh, officially kind of paired him up with Sammy Callahan, a guy who he still ties with to this day. Yes. It, 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 it does show a lot of like what happens with Mox. It also shows off the Mox character before it becomes Dean Ambrose. And now he's kind of back to that Mox character. Uh, and you can tell the difference between a John Moxley and Dean Ambrose. Like, there are very subtle differences, and this match kind of shows what John Moxley was all about. I think he's less about it now, but, like, man, this match was insane, and so, I, I did enjoy it.
0: Now, I am going to ask you a question here, because uh, here's a disclaimer. I, personally, David Statman, I am not a fan of the deathmatch genre. No disrespect to people who like deathmatches, no disrespect to people who... Wrestle death matches. It's just not my thing. I'm just, it's not what I choose to watch. So I'm not like, uh, you know, I don't know everybody in CZW. Like I would have known, like if we did a new Japan show, you know, like I know everybody and I know all their history. Is that Sammy Callahan who runs in at the end?
1: I believe so, but like c- comparing what I read read in his book versus like kind of like how that guy looks, I believe that is Sammy Callahan. They did write around a lot. They do mention uh, – he does mention in the book that Sammy Callahan runs in in this match. There's okay. also a third guy they do mention, but I believe the guy at the end that's like holding Mox well, well, is, well, is, is Sammy.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Sammy is a lot skinnier back then, and I did not recognize him. But again, it is this match did happen thirteen years ago. And yeah, as you mentioned, Sammy and Mox were a tag team for a long time on the Indies, and still now that he's been back outside of WWE, you know they they team up every now and then. Uh, so that that makes a lot of sense. I literally just wrote down in, in like my notes like some guy runs in and helps. <laughs> like I, I didn't know who it was. It is Sammy. I think the did the the video that you sent. I don't think it has commentary, right? Or no,
1: does, com- uh, no commentary. It's no just com- violence.
0: So it's just there are some dudes come in. I don't know who they are, you know, but yeah, there's some wild shit. It's a, it's a it is a a death match that when when you go back and like read about it and you read people's reactions to it. Yeah, I know Mox, you said Moxley wrote about this match in his book uh, specifically, but a lot of people really remember this match positively as, like, yeah, this is one of the best death matches of Moxley's career. Like, this is one of the best matches of brain damage's career. And He was a fixture in CCW for a long time. Uh, this is, like, a match that is seen as, like, a standout. Uh, and part of it is some of the weapons that they use. It's the amount that Moxley bleeds. He bleeds a lot. And there is an undeniable intensity to this match, especially on the part of Moxley. Brain damage is kind of a, a guy. But... Moxley is the guy who, like, if you had to pick one of these two guys who's the star, like, brain damage gets, like, the majority of the offense or a lot of the offense, but Moxley is definitely the guy who comes out looking like the star if you had to choose one.
1: And it's not like – and it is not a work-rate classic. I mean, Moxley sells his ass off for brain damage. Brain damage himself is a large, beefy man who doesn't do a lot of selling. In fact, barely takes any offense in this match. But – I think part of the majesty of this match is the one, it tells a very good story of Moxa Challenger taking on a guy who's really well known for his deathmatch style and brain damage, as well as the fact you have a surprise ending, the amount of torture that Moxley puts himself through. And for me, the whole like premise of the deathmatch that kind of like really kind of uh, engrosses me is you never know what's exactly going to happen next. You don't know what they're going to hit each other with. You don't know who's going to make a run in. You don't know what spot they're going to do. It's just all of it is who the hell knows. And I'm just along for the ride. That's kind of why I really do enjoy a death match from here uh, every now and again.
0: Yeah, not really my thing. Um, And I, I had to say like this match, I was just kind of like, whatever, but uh, it, you know, I, I can see, I feel like this is a match, like if you were into death matches, you would probably like this one. It's just, this is not really my, my kind of thing. But again, John Moxley has since become one of the biggest stars in the business. Everyone loves him. And it's, it's always fun reminding yourself, like, where did this guy come from? Well, yeah, here he is doing a fucking, you know, getting cut with an electrical saw in someone's backyard in Delaware.
1: Literally murdering himself.
0: Was doing for years before he actually got famous. He paid his dues, and then some. So, yeah, I think it's about time to remember some guys, Angela.
1: Let's remember these guys, David.
0: Let's remember some guys. It is June 6, 2009. We are in what appears to be an open field in Townsend, Delaware, which appears to be about a 40-minute drive from me. Uh, same county, but Newcastle County is really big. There's only like three counties in Delaware. Uh, so
1: David Moses in tournament of death 35.
0: I mean, you know, CZW is based out of Delaware. I think they moved from like New Jersey to Delaware a little while ago. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, it is a first round match in tournament of death eight. Uh, who's who of death match guys on this show? Winner of this tournament was none other than, uh, one of my favorite, personal favorite ring names of all time thumbtack jack yep which love that name how could you not how could a guy guy's <laughs> thumbtack jack not be over
1: i wonder what his gimmick is
0: I, I i wonder um this uh event was actually somewhat infamous for the finals thumbtack jack defeated nick gage who of course has also gone on to become a much bigger star in recent years um in a 200 light tubes and pane of glass death match in the finals. This is the match where Nick Gage infamously died and then had to be revived on the way to the hospital. Yep. So a story that a lot of people tell about CZW.
1: Moxley um, actually runs in to stall the match for Gage at the end of the show. Because they're like, yeah. you need to get out there now because Gage is literally dead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Nick Gage has just died. We need to figure something out. But Nick Gage, thankfully... Uh, he died, but he got better. He's he's still wrestling today. Um, but yeah, um, it is in the first round of the tournament of death. Tables, chairs, and silverware between a guy who had become one of the biggest stars in the business and also John Moxley. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is John Moxley and this one just big motherfucker named Brain Damage who unfortunately passed away back in 2012. Uh, brain damage, absolutely the baby face in this match. He comes out to the song Bullet with a name on it, which you might remember was on the soundtrack to SmackDown vs. Raw 2007.
1: Burn into my brain, baby. Uh,
0: he came out and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> the I know vibes my, were I know immaculate man, from the start. I know what my man was playing on his fucking PS2. Hell yeah, dude. Um, he So Moxley comes out first. He's the heel. Comes out wearing that same, like, black vest with Mox spray-painted on the back that he, like, would bring back when he redebuted as Moxley when he left WWE. He's wearing the same vest when he debuts in New Japan in the summer of 2019, 10 years later. Um, and Brain Damage comes out with what appears to be a sword strapped to his back. Um, I, fuck, man, it's a death—that's that's what we always say, right? Like, it's a death match. You could bring a sword and kill someone with it.
1: Drew I McIntyre mean, was just ripping off brain damage.
0: That's true. He, he stole brain damage as a um, And also, like, so the video's kind of grainy, but he has, like, what appears to be a baseball bat with, like, maybe nails or something on it. I couldn't really tell, but Buzz it's like a—
1: buzzsaw.
0: Oh, it has, is that what that it is?
1: Has, it has a buzzsaw blade on it. It's like uh you are playing Borderlands now. It's like a psycho axe.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. I got you. I got you. I am playing Borderlands. I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. It's been very fun. Um, so, like I said, we're in an open field uh, in Delaware. And we have this ring set up in the field. And there appears to be like a, a sort of like a, a dinner set up in the ring with like silverware on a table. And there's like food. Like there appears to be like a salad bowl with like actual salad in it and some other food maybe. Again, the video is kind of grainy, the one that Angelo shared. Um, and there is what appears to be, I think a, it looks like a grandfather clock in the corner. Yep. Um, and the bell rings and Moxley and brain damage decide to sit down to this lovely meal together here in rural Delaware. Sun is starting to set. It's really kind of a romantic evening. Um, and then brain damage hits him with a plate that has food on it. The food, he it, it, it turns over the table. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a food fight. Uh, and by food fight, I mean they're fighting and there's food all over them. Um, Brain damage starts breaking the plates over Moxley's head. Brain damage, by the way, is wearing the single largest pair of pants I've ever seen. Huge. <laughs> I mean, you talk about like how Jeff Hardy was has kept you know Jinko jeans alive. I mean, this motherfucker, this is like he this. So he's already a big guy. I mean, brain damage is listed at like six four two seventy. I believe this is a large motherfucker. This guy is wearing like five XL. Pants.
1: Built like a fridge.
0: The size of these pants, motherfucker. I mean, like, the amount of weapons he could conceal in these pants. You know, it really keeps you on your toes when you're a deathmatch wrestler. Because you don't know, like, this motherfucker could pull out a chainsaw out of his fucking pants. You know? The size of this fucking thing.
1: Plus two great acts.
0: I Yeah, I mean, fucking pull out a Zweihander from his fucking pants. <laughs> you know? Pulling out an AR-15 from his <laughs> pants. It's insane. You know? Um, so... Moxley gets a lot of booze early on in this match because he tries to break a plane on Brain Damage's head and he completely misses. <laughs> like, he tries to, like, kind of throw it and he just misses.
1: And crowd <laughs>
0: starts booing him. So he ends up, he makes up for it by uh, breaking a couple more on Brain Damage's head. Brain Damage cuts open Moxley by using a shard of one of the plates to dig into his forehead. Very soon after, they're both bleeding. Uh, plus, plus a couple points to Brain Damage here because they do the... Um, you know, the spot you see a lot now, especially if they're not doing, like, full force chair shots to the head anymore, is they do the spot where they will throw the chair at somebody's head, right? Brain damage does it where he throws it and it catches perfectly on Moxley's head. It's like a know, horseshoe. And, like, his head goes through, like, the, the opening part. <laughs> and is the chair is stuck on his head. So neck. funny. It was perfect! It was a perfect <laughs> throw by brain damage. Um, he gets the sword. Uh, But Moxley jumps him before Brain Damage can decapitate him with the sword. Uh, There, you know, we got some back and forth belt choking spots. One point Brain Damage like hangs Moxley with the belt over the top rope. He's using the buzzsaw baseball bat thing. He suplexes him through a board that has barbed wire and glass. Um, You can see the barbed wire digging into Moxley's skin. It's really nasty. Um, Moxley fires up on him. Uh, they trade some big strikes in the ring. Brain damage hits him with a packaged pile driver for a near fall. Uh, brain damage to the cheers of the crowd decides to get what appears to be a saw from underneath the ring. And he cuts Moxley with the fucking saw. Moxley's already bleeding everywhere. Um, he cuts Moxley on the head with the saw. and, you know, he gets ho- they, you know, Moxley sells this in like flopping around the fucking ring, like Moxley's selling this like he is just like, disassociating on like like he, like Moxley sells it like he's on PCP. He compared
1: it to to being electrocuted.
0: Yes. Um and you know, holy shit chance from the crowd, you know, this is, you know, he does it again. Moxley like sprints out of the ring and is, like falling all over him fucking well, falling all over himself. Um we get um a couple of run-ins here. Somebody who you identified as Sam. I don't know which one Sammy Callahan was. I don't know who the other guy. Again, I don't watch. I have
1: to reread the book.
0: Yeah, reread the book and get back to me. One of the dudes comes in with a literal running chainsaw. <laughs> he doesn't actually do anything with it, but he's got a chainsaw. And then the other dude, who I'm just going to say is Sammy Callahan because he ended up being more important to the match, runs in uh, with a like a lead pipe to try and like hit brain damage with it. Uh, brain damage goes after him and takes his eye off the prize, and Moxley rolls him up. And this match that involved uh, John Moxley getting attacked with an like a fucking saw ends with a schoolboy roll up. John Moxley pins him and wins the match in ten minutes and fifty seven seconds. Such a, as, uh, su- goes crazy.
1: Such is the charm of this match, man. Like Moxley gets beat to shit, beat horribly. Uh, brain damage like takes a few bumps, like uh, bumps from objects, but nothing you know devastating. And Moxley wins on a classic wrestling move, which makes sense. He wins on a roll up because like brain damage being a big guy could see him having a hard time getting his shoulders off the map once he gets brought down. Like it's the same reason why, like when you watch heavyweight matches in high school, uh, why the big guy that gets the takedown usually just pins the other big guy because they're big men. It's hard to get another big man off of you. Uh, It's hard to get up from there. There's something to be said about uh, having a wrestling match with the backdrop of the woods. Like there's just something very unique about it. You could hear the uh, crowd, which I would describe as heavily mutant uh, with how ravenous they were uh, at the start. I loved how Mox was like kind of riling them up and talking shit. It's one of the things where you don't see a lot of it from uh, wrestlers on TV interacting with the crowd. Like MJF really is the only guy consistently who will mock the crowd throughout a match. So, I always love seeing that stuff. Here's
0: a semi related question. Yeah. Now, there's probably a few hundred people there in this open field in Delaware. What do you think the average blood alcohol content?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I would say the average would have to probably be around 0.24. Because you're gonna have, I, I'm really? willing. I'm willing that most are probably around the 0.16 level, so that's gonna drop it down. But I, you could tell me that there were pe- uh, numerous people that crowd with a 0.45 or higher, and I believe so you.
0: 0.45 is like you're about to die.
1: Yeah, I, I believe it.
0: I mean, all right, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think you're. I think you're on a little, a little on the high side there, Angela.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Um, Mox has kind of also been super associated with being stabbed in the face by a fork. And we get that spot right off the rip. It is actually really funny though to start this match off. It looks like they're about to have a pizza party, and then Brain Damage just hits him over the head
0: with a plate. <laughs> I like, I like, they like, they, they they don't start with like fighting. You know, even though this is a death match, it's like they they sit down to this table and they like you know kind of sit across from each other for a little bit and like imagine like maybe make a little small talk. You know, like Moxley like takes How a couple are the kids salad. Yeah, you know, how's how's everything? You know, they're coworkers. You know. They, you know, they, they're both, you know, fixtures in CCW by this point. You know, like, catch up for a little bit and then brain damage starts hitting him with plates. And then it's like, OK, well, now we got to now we got to get to work. But I hope that they enjoyed that little bit of time they had to catch up
1: before they started hitting each other with plates.
0: Yeah. You know, you got to take the moments that you can. honestly. <laughs> uh, the uh, mocks getting
1: mocked for missing the plate shot. It just like, even though it's an accident, it does play perfectly into this match because Mox is supposed to be this shithead. He's not a real deathmatcher guy. So, of course, he's going to fuck this up. And he keeps, and in the, the moments that he does fuck up, it really does play to the crowd and help him get heat. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, The crowd is dictating the story of the match, which is what makes wrestling incredible, and I will say this for deathmatch fans. uh, They are incredible fans. They are generally super passionate about what they are. It's why you see these GCW events that are so ruckus and have some of the best crowds generally when they're not throwing shit into the ring.
0: That is true. The people who are into deathmatches, those people are fucking ravenous fans. They're great. Like those are, those are some of the most like devoted wrestling fans are like the death match. People. And I respect a, that. It's just not my thing. You know,
1: there's a, a, a crowd member that says make him eat dirt when Mox is out on the floor. Uh, just a nice little, it will have been a funny spot to see brain damage just shove Mox's face in the dirt, but we don't get that, but that's also okay. The belt, how well brain damage uses that belt to like throw Moxley into the post, uh, hang Moxley from the top rope. Just very great visuals. Uh, Then you get to the bat with the buzzsaw just cutting across the forehead. You get to the barbed wire and light tubes plank of wood that Moxley gets driven through. And it takes 10 minutes to get to the first near fall. And that's the thing that I generally enjoy. Um, Our next match actually has a ton of near falls. I enjoy the fact that there's only like two actual pinfall attempts for it here. Um, I love the moment after this pinfall where Mox starts to fire up and start tr- trading blows with brain damage but goes nowhere and ultimately gets powerbombed because it's like Moxie's a guy that has a ton of fight. That's the kind of the whole story. It's like Even though he's not a maybe true deathmatch guy, true deathmatch icon, a guy who will take a ton of punishment, but he's there to take the punishment and he can keep firing back. That's kind of like the whole story I really enjoyed. And then we get the freaking handsaw, man, the electric handsaw. The dude, <laughs> like... I get it's a death match, but I don't know how you can kind of like convince your brain to say, hey, this plant spot, I'm going to be cut physically by a power saw like the mental gymnastics you have to do. I don't want to know what's going through your head to get there. It's just never And any comparison to being electrocuted. I believe it. I believe that was less selling a more normal human reaction. Uh, the people, the crowd goes nuts for it, obviously. And then Moxley winning this with the help of his jabrones, and winning it just with a simple, simple roll up after brain damage takes really no real bumps throughout this match. I love the story. The spots were insane. Do I worry about the long term health that this would cause Moxley as well as how brain damage died in 2012? Obviously, because this this shit is not healthy. It's not for normal, yes. sane people. But do I appreciate the art that they told? I 100% do. This was very fun for me to watch, even with it being grainy, even with it having a hard time understanding everything that was going on. I just, again, it was just this unscripted violence that was just yeah something you don't find every every day.
0: Yeah, it, Moxley does a really good job in this match, like making something watchable out of like, I, I think oh, like the good death matches I've seen have been really good, but the majority of them are like, Two guys who can't really wrestle that well, like, just hitting each other with stuff and bleeding for a lot. Because yes. that's, like, what we can do. Moxley does a really good job, because Moxley actually is, like, he did this deathmatch shit, but is actually a really, really good, just straight-up pro wrestler, um, obviously. Um, making a good story out of this match, um, despite the fact that, like, he's with this big motherfucker who, like, doesn't sell for anything, like like he basically gets like no offense this entire time. None. And it's basically just this big motherfucker beating the shit out of him. Um and then like he wins with a roll up. It's like he he wins in kind of the slimiest way possible um after getting his ass kicked. For so
1: much heat him. on him, too.
0: Um and gets it but he gets a lot of heat and it ends up being watchable just for his performance, honestly. Um and I think this is a lot about how like Moxley was for this whole fucking scene, um, like the standout like wrestling talent that they had, um, and it's it's the reason why he's gone so far, uh, because he has that kind of edge of being like this hardcore dude while also being a really fucking good wrestler and being very good at like actually like telling a story in the ring. And a lot of times, I feel like it's very difficult to have a death match that tells a story in the ring, or like you very rarely see death matches that have like a really good story in the ring and don't come off as like we're just gonna do a bunch of shit. Yeah, we're gonna hit each other with a bunch of shit. and We're gonna bleed everywhere because that's what you do in a death match.
1: And people but, are and generally people are there to see what crazy weapons people are gonna use, like a, bu- a bat with a buzzsaw on
0: it. Yeah, exactly. Or he has a fucking sword, you know is like is he going to is he going to behead John Moxley with this fucking sword that he has? I don't know. I mean that that does add a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of spice to the whole fucking affair cuz like yeah, this dude showed up with a sword strapped to his back.
1: There are multiple saws involved in this match.
0: Exactly. So like if you are a deathmatch guy, there's a lot here for you to like. Uh for me as someone who isn't a deathmatch guy, there is still like a performance here that I can appreciate on the on the part of John Moxley, who, you know, does a really good job as just like you know, selling and selling and fucking selling everything brain damage does, uh, and making it watchable. So yeah, it'll bring us to our two and a half marks, Angelo. going
1: to start with a negative half mark, and that's going to being a fan of death matches because how depraved are you, people, including myself? Like I mentioned, part of the allure of a death match is just you never know where they're going to go with their spots. You don't know what weapons are going to be used. You don't know what insane shit they're going to do with each other. You don't know if a guy bites another guy in the forehead. Is he going to take off skin? Is he going to bite off his ear? Who knows? It, it, it is a level of depravity that we see in the human uh, experience. But man, when they are good, it's just it really does just encapsulate Uh, it it lights a fire in you it's really very exciting because you never know what's going to happen everything is on the table and ultimately it's probably not a good thing for these people to be taking these bumps it's probably not good for me to indulge in it but hey it's there it's out there it's not illegal i'm going to enjoy it while it's there uh so negative one mark to being a fan of death matches
0: that's what that's what you can say for it ladies and gentlemen it is in fact not illegal
1: correct my one mark is going to a pre-match meal with your opponent. Like another charm of the death match is that you can be silly uh, in certain spots. Like you could be over the top with it. I mean look at like Matt Cardona during his GCW run. It was just very, very comedy based. But the guy had great, some really good death matches. And just like the, the fact that you could start a match sitting across the table from your opponent and actually have food put in front of you and have a drink. It's very funny for the violence that uh, comes afterwards. So I'm gonna actually give that one mark. And then my two marks is going to stealing a win with a crimson mask because it's a very unique visual that we see from time to time in wrestling because the mark of a crimson mask means that you were in a fight. Sometimes your opponent's also gonna have a crimson mask. Sometimes they don't. And winning a match with a crimson mask really does kind of elevate you. Like, look at Cena. We just had Cena win at a uh, elimination chamber match with a crimson mask by rolling up Curlito. It really sells like if you're a, if you're a face, you're exasperated. You did what you had to do to retain your championship. You have overcome the odds. And if you're a shithead heel, you took the easy way out. You dumb bitch. Uh, this is a case of you you stole the win. You dumb bitch. But it just. Got so much heat on Moxley. It's a great visual to see him celebrating with Sammy with that blood down his face and just kind of his fist in the air as the crowd boos him. It's just it, one of the things that like you can point out and it's like that's a moment. That that happened. That's a huge thing that people are going to remember. Uh, so two marks going to stealing one with a crimson mask.
0: And they'll remember it until he lost in the second round to Nick Gage like probably about a half hour later. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you know what they say about John Moxley? He's always overcoming the odds, ladies and gentlemen. Nice so, odds you got there. It'd be a shame if someone overcame him.
1: Something about the name John, man.
0: Yeah. Big match John, Moxley. <laughs> um, I'm going to give my negative half mark to the concept of this match simply because I wanted the opening meal to last longer. <laughs> I wanted some intimate conversation, maybe some candlelight. I think that they should at least finish their fucking meal before they start fighting. You know, they're starving kids all over the country that would kill for that kind of food. You know,
1: I want to say it was pizza,
0: roll it all over the fucking ring. And then, you know, what what does it do for anybody? if, If this if this fucking finally appointed meal is just all over the fucking ring in this field in Delaware, what the fuck? What the fuck does that do for anybody? You know, sit down, take a moment. You know, enjoy your time together. Enjoy this this nice dinner that was made for you by the CZW ring crew. Before you fucking, you know, start bleeding everywhere. I think it's it's an insult, honestly, to everybody. Um, I'm going to give my negative one mark to bring the sword to the ring. Because honestly, and this this counts for Drew McIntyre too. Um, I don't think it's as cool uh, as people, like, imagine it is. And also, like, in a hardcore match situation, do we, re- like, am, are we supposed to buy that they're actually going to use the fucking sword? What you're gonna actually fucking you know you know gut somebody with with this fucking piece of steel? No, you're not. You're gonna at best like tease that you're gonna fucking try and kill him with the sword, and then you know uh, miss, or and
1: then cut the top rope. Else else
0: will happen? Yeah, like Drew, like fucking cut the top rope that one time. Like we know you're not actually killing anybody with a sword. WWE is still PG, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 murder allowed on this fucking show? Come well, on. Well,
1: hey, they did murder the fiend on TV.
0: They did, but still.
1: Uh, also, swords are a lot less cool when you realize how light they are. Like, was, they look heavy.
0: The fiend, by setting him on fire, not by killing him with a sword. Completely different. Fair. Your spots are as old as the fucking business. <laughs> so, not the same. Um, yeah, I'm going to give uh, uh, two marks to wrestling in the state of Delaware. I think we need to do it more. Uh, in my my new my new adopted home state, uh, I think this is the first match that we've ever had, right here in the great state of Delaware. Yeah. Uh, I, on this I'm, on the show, I'm pretty sure it's the first one that we've had. So you know what, uh, you know, we suffer a little bit because we're so close to Philly that we get folded into the Philly market, and that's 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 okay. But I have to drive a fucking hour to get the training, and it fucking sucks, man. Let's bring some shit to delaware let's let's bring it down here a little bit, you know, let's get some action coming this way
1: d d w dominant delaware wrestling let's do it
0: oh so it's just so it's just so it's more convenient for me and nobody else
1: <laughs> hey it convenient for you and the Briscoes,
0: yes, and the briscoes you know it's 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 annoying as shit though because like so I live in Wilmington, I live like a half hour from philly, right you know um. I live, like, a couple miles from the Pennsylvania border. Whenever I tell people I'm from fucking Delaware, or that I live in Delaware, rather, people are like, oh, holy shit, man, like, do you live down there, like, where the Briscoes live? And it's like, <laughs> no, I don't fucking, I don't even know where the fuck Sandy Fork is, you know? Like, I I live in a fucking, like, I live in a city, you know what I mean? Like, and I live, like, a half hour from Philadelphia. Like, I don't live in, a, in, in the fuck. I don't live on a chicken farm, you fucking dumbass. You you're
1: not in the boonies.
0: Everybody thinks that. Everybody I talk to thinks that. They just like, you know, because like, you know, they think wrestling and they think the, the Delaware. So they think of the Briscoes. It's like, that's not, that's not where I live.
1: They're typecasting you already.
0: I'm already being typecast, man. It sucks. So that'll wrap up our coverage of John Moxley and Brain Damage Tournament of Death 8. So we're going to come back with one more next week a match that is absolutely nothing like this in any fucking Not way.
1: Not at all. <laughs>
0: um, and I think that's actually a very good thing. Um, so, uh, for my good friend Angelo Lisa, my name is David Stappan. Thanks, everybody.